Let's Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. again today by Natalie Holmes. Natalie and I have been recording a great podcast series. This is part six of that series called Developing Tomorrow's Leaders Today. So Natalie, I'm thrilled that you're joining me today again and specifically today's session in which we're really going to be focusing on developing those core leadership skills. So welcome to our session today and really looking forward to you sharing your wisdom. Thanks, Karen. Nice to be back. Fantastic. Before we start, would you just like to give us a little bit more information about the program that you run for young adults? It's called the Future Leaders Development Program, and I found that there's this big gap between the world of work and the world of education. And our mission is to help youngsters bridge that gap and so that they're better prepared for the future. The other thing we found is that going forward, you know, how do we prepare our kids for the future? We don't know. We can't predict what's going to happen. The world of work is changing rapidly. Things like TikTok. TikTok's only been around for three years, but we can't imagine a world without it. So in three years' time, what's going to be there that we don't know? So, yeah, we look at preparing the kid for the road rather than trying to predict what road they're going to be on. And that comes down to a lot of self-awareness, goal setting, and just, just general understanding of themselves and knowing where they will make their biggest impact and what where they can add value in their life and career going forward. Fantastic and I think that is just so important because the future that kids will step into I don't even think we can start imagining what that's going to look like now it's just no. it's just insane the pace of change yeah, and, very and what's being developed. But today I'm so excited that we're going to be really discussing how best to marry our goals with organizational objectives and how to achieve our visions through career development. And those are massive things. And particularly <laughs> the age group that you're working with at the moment, how did they even begin to tackle a subject like career development? In bite-sized chunks, <laughs> they it's difficult because we can't predict. And the only way is to prepare them, giving them an assessment where they understand where they make the biggest impact. What energizes them? Where will they add the most value? And then working back from that. Okay, so I know I'm really good at strategizing. Like I'm great at research. I'm great at collecting data. And I know that. Then I know in any industry where I will add value and giving them that self-confidence to go forward, to be able to know this is me, this is what I'm great at, and this is what I can offer you. My oldest son has recently been through the interview process and getting a job. And they do still ask that, what are your strengths and weaknesses question. And for a young person to be able to sit there and go, these are my strengths. I'm great at this. I know just that level of self-awareness. It's great for their self-esteem because they know themselves. It's not them sitting there flouncing and going, cook, I don't what I don't know. I'm good at this. It's that ownership and that self-confidence within themselves that sells them into the job or into the position. So yeah, it's for me, the best way to prepare them is for them to know themselves. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's critical because there's so much disruption in every oh, field yeah. <laughs> actually that we can't we cannot actually keep up with what is changing. And there's almost whole professions that are being automated. Yeah. So yep. I think 
what you've mentioned here, that ability to know myself, know what I'm good at, know where my strengths are, but also to be able to put that lens on it in terms of how does this add value into organizations. I think that's the critical component there as well is understanding the value you could add or the role that you could play within an organization. Yeah, exactly. And it's not specific in, I'm going to tell them exactly what career they should be in, because if you are great at innovation and ideas and creativity, you can do that whether you're in IT or in landscaping. It's just knowing that gift you have and where you can add that impact, have that impact. And also what energizes you. It's something that you will enjoy and be good at and thrive doing. And for those younger listeners or parents that are listening to us today, what advice can you really share with them on how best to guide the selection of a suitable career? Yeah, again, I think that understanding where you will be able to add the most value or your biggest impact and contribution and knowing that is where you'll have the most value in any industry. And it's key to finding out where you can forge a career path. But to our younger listeners, I would just suggest you get an assessment where you and you find out where your natural inclinations lie so that you, that's me, that that's my thing, that's my niche. And to the parents, I would suggest to give them opportunities to explore their different talents and interests. And we're only young once and there's only a small window available to us where we have no financial commitments or obligations. So it's an ideal time to explore and experience and be exposed to stuff. I'm actually a very strong proponent for a gap year. I imagine having a year where you can experience a bunch of different things and figure out what you enjoy and what you have a natural talent for. I mean, what a great opportunity. I wish I'd done more of that. In fact, one of the things I'd like to work on is a gap year program where you have a year of experience. So it's an experiential gap year and you can be exposed to things like sales or community service or creativity, like different things where you can figure out yourself and what you like. So yeah, for the parents, I'd say if they get to the end of school and they don't have a set idea on what they want to study, don't force it. Give them that experiential time because what a gift to figure that out. Absolutely. I think that's so important, but I think like you've touched upon, it needs to perhaps be a little bit deliberate. And I think that's what most parents are terrified of is yeah. going to yeah. have this teenager lurking on my couch for the next five months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it is such a linear easy path. It was do well at school, then you go study something, then you get a job. It was, it was simpler. Now it's just not that linear anymore. And there's so many different career options. So how do you figure that out? Absolutely. And I think the youngsters of today seem to be a lot more purpose-driven. Certainly when I was younger, it was about doing well, getting a job and getting paid for it. That was the purpose that you found was the salary at the end of the month, right? Yeah. Now, nowadays we're a lot more aware, or certainly young people are a lot more conscious of who they want to work for, why they want to work for them, and essentially how they would derive more satisfaction from that role. Are you finding the same thing? Yeah, I do think they they want a purpose and they want to understand why and how and who and what is the end goal. And I think that's, it's great for the world. It's fantastic. I think maybe if we had as young kids been more aware of that kind of thing and that impact of organizations and environmental impact, maybe the world wouldn't be in the place it is now. So yeah, I do think they, they're motivated differently to how we were. We were like, you've got to get a good job so you can earn a lot of money and do, you know, be okay. And now they're going, yeah, I want a good job, but I also don't want to mess up the world doing it. So they do have a different level of awareness and their purpose is slightly different. Yeah, but it's good. Absolutely. And they also don't seem as prepared to to do whatever it takes. So they won't compromise on a lot of their own values or their own kind of boundaries. As When we were younger, going into a job, you did whatever was required mm. to perform. 
uh, I find that young adults today are not as willing to to self-sacrifice for those roles, which is obviously causing a big rub with patients. Yeah, it's interesting. I was reading an article and they said that this is the first time ever that five generations have been working together in, a, in an organization or in a workplace. And how do we marry those different value systems? And yeah, we have the boomers who are like, no, you stick it out for life. And the young people who are going, nah, I don't like this next and moving on. And they're seen as wishy-washy, but to the younger generation, they're like, you know what, I need to find where I'm fit and where I'm comfortable and where I like the organization. So it's an interesting dynamic that's happening at the moment. Absolutely. And in your programs, tell us a little bit more about the techniques that you employ specifically to assist in the career development planning process. I know you mentioned that there's an assessment that you do, which to me would sound quite core cool to that. Yeah, so our assessment is called the Young People Index, which is a product of the GC Index company. And what it does is it measures you in terms of energy. So what energizes you? What If you had a to-do list, on that to-do list, which is that one thing that you like, oh, I can't wait to do that. And the rest are like, oh, don't want to do that. Like for me, filing, it's my absolute bane of my life. Like I hate it. It's not because I'm not good at it. I am very organized, but it's what actually fires me up. And that's what this assessment measures. And then, yeah, in terms of, career development planning we keep that in mind and that forms the basis of the whole program so without throughout the whole program we always refer back to where are you at what's your personal profile and how does that fit with this and then going forward in terms of the development planning process we do make them do smart goals which we spoke about in the last in the last session and then from that we do develop a three-year pretty specific developmental plan. Alongside to that, we have individual coaching sessions for those who need to explore future options and who want to cement their plans. And we also make sure they're more self-aware. So in terms of their strengths and weaknesses. So again, they know where am I going to make my strongest contributions in this field of study or work. So it's quite a comprehensive assistance that we offer to their plan. It sounds phenomenal. And I know as part of your program, you continue that coaching with the individual into that entry-level job and well beyond that. But tell me when an individual then finds themselves on the wrong path, how do you recommend that they get back on track? And how do you how do you know you're on the wrong path? It's funny, Karen. I wouldn't ever say there is a wrong path. I think you're on your path. And maybe there's a path that you're not happy with anymore. But then it's a path where there's only been learning. And I think if we're enough, if we're self-aware enough and in tune with ourselves enough, we quickly pick up on the paths that don't suit us or what we don't like about that path. And then we tweak them. So for young people who feel they're on that wrong path, if you want to call it. My advice would be to take stock, evaluate what you have enjoyed, what you've learned, what you want to change, and then make a shift. And once you can do that, we can look at paths going forward that seem to be better suited to their natural inclinations. The assessment looks at what it energizes you. And if you have that under your belt, it's not competency-based, it's not personality-based, it's purely based on what you have a natural preference or inclination for. And that's where they should focus it. And I think if you're on a path and you feel like this isn't right or I'm not enjoying this or I just it's sucking the life right out of me instead of making me feel energized then you know it's time to reorganize reshuffle make a change when young adults are experimenting in the workplace and they, they seem to be job hopping for instance I think that can be quite difficult <laughs> yeah. for, for parents to look at and think what is this going to actually look like on my child's CV how are they going to present themselves when you know mm. job hopping is not seen as that but I think what you've mentioned is really valid in terms of this is the time for experimentation. So maybe release yeah. yourself from that judgment. But then I want to question, because in the last episode, we spoke about grit and that young people were struggling to develop mm -hmm. that grit. So I suppose 
the balance is how do you know when to stick it out versus this is really not right. I think you're right. They are quick to give up on things and it comes from that whole instant gratification. Oh, I can't find it. Oh, it doesn't matter if they're <laughs> Googling an answer or something and it doesn't come up. They're like, oh, it doesn't matter, whatever. And I think to try and go, no, find the answer. Somehow there is an answer. Let's work through it. And I think just to enforce that if you make a commitment, you have to stick to that commitment. With my kids, if they wanted to try a new sport or something at school, I'd say you're signing up for the term. That's it. You committed to a term. Okay, if at the end of that term, you decide, no, but once you've committed to a team, you stick with it. So I do think there are instances where you can teach that lesson and where you have to enforce that grit. Not to the in a career where you completely get home and you want to lie in the fetal position in the corner every day because you just hate your life, then make a change. But if you said, I'm going to sign up with a three-month contract or something, then you stick that out and see it as a learning opportunity. And if you don't enjoy it, then great. Now I know what I don't enjoy. It's not the end of the world. And in terms of them job hopping, there was a 25-year-old girl who started working out of school, but she hadn't studied any anything. So she did odd jobs here and there, or pairing. And then she did a little bit of aesthetics work. So she worked in a clinic, but then she hated that for a while. So she decided to go overseas for a while. She came back, she applied for a job, she got it immediately. But within about three weeks, she discovered that the guy she was working for was actually just terrible. She quit and she went for another interview. And in the interview, they actually said to her, like, your CV is looking a bit odd. You've had a couple of jobs overseas. You had a couple of jobs before you left. Like you just seem to have just hopped and hopped. And what does that say about you? And in terms of your commitment and her response was amazing because she said instead of seeing it as a negative she said it tells me that I know what I'm looking for and when I find the right thing I'm going to stick with it and I've had all these experiences and it was quite a refreshing way because like you say the boomers are going you're unreliable like you flip-flop you job hop can I actually do I want you because you seem to be so hoppy and she said it was all learning for me and now I know what I want and this is the job I want and I know if it fits all the crimes I'm going to stick and it was like she didn't see it as a negative she just was like, of course, because I'm still looking. And he was like, it was just fascinating how from different generations that grit <laughs> is seen differently or interpreted differently. Yeah, I think that's an amazing perspective. Yeah, uh, it was great. Natalie, uh, you offer a, a growth club for your program participants. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because it sounds fascinating and, and obviously what inspired you to start? What inspired it is easy. We got to school, we get te- go to school, we get teachers and that's so we can succeed. We take up sports, we get a coach. We dance, we get a dance instructor. So in everything we do, we have a teacher or a mentor or an instructor and a coach. So why not for personal growth and development? No horse wins a race without a jockey. No person can be extraordinary without coaching. So my Lifetime Growth Club came about because I feel like at every stage of development, and I'm talking from about 11 years old, right through to retirement, we need help to navigate each stage and each challenge in life in terms of your developmental milestones and the challenges you face. So from young, we 11-year-olds, we look at where they are developmentally and also what they're facing with. And often they're dealing with navigating bullying and the beginnings of self-awareness. Then we get to adolescence and they need a little bit more security around who they are, what they believe in. You know, that's the age of experimentation and discovery and figuring out who I am. And also in terms of vocationally, they're choosing subjects. They're making career choices. They're deciding what to study in a tertiary level if they're going to, or what kind of industry they want to go into, what further education do they want to do. And then once they're through that education level, we get to entry-level work, go 
going into internships or to entry-level jobs, how do we help them? They need CV building skills. They need interview, like mock interviews. They need to understand the interview process. Putting together some sort of personal and career development plan. Heading to management level, middle management, right up to C-suite level. They, they are different things and challenges you need to help with along the way. And what better way than to have a coach who holds your hands right through life, right through that progression. I think that's so phenomenal and I think it is such an important role and often when parents assume that's the role that we play but sometimes children just or young adults just need an objective third party, don't you? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I do think someone who doesn't push your buttons, someone who you can be completely authentic with and no judgment and also someone who's got a little bit of experience in there. As parents, we want to help but we don't always know. The biggest thing parents go is like, I have no idea or no clue on how to advise my kid and it's understandable so why not employ a coach who help you get through that i think that's phenomenal i love your program i think the work that you're doing is not only critical but just phenomenal just in terms of you're not just filling a gap you're actually just <laughs> holding an individual almost from cradle to to grave in this <laughs> yeah. crazy world of work we're navigating these days <laughs> so if those parents or young adults listening in that would like to get in touch with you where can they contact you to find out more about the program you can contact us on info at consciousconnections.co.za and yeah we'd love to help you even if you just want to find out more about it give us a call give us an email and yeah we'll be in touch It'll be, I'd love to help you you know I, I do love what I do Karen I think it's there's this niche and this need and I think it's just exciting and having had kids who are coming up into these phases it's just it's so vital that they have have someone or something to help them through this process fantastic natalie thank you so much thank you for having us